Amen. You can be seated. Well, I'm excited to, uh, I'm going to jump right in. And uh, as I was putting today's message together, so much scripture just kept coming forth. So I'm going to be throwing a lot of scripture out, but with the purpose to saturate you. Just as we were saturated in worship, sometimes the scripture does the best preaching because the scripture is a much better preacher than I'll ever be. So uh, I'm believing that as that comes forth, you're going to get truth. And as I shared with you last week, I encourage you to follow along in your Bibles. We'll have the scripture behind, it, behind me. But take notes, write things down, jot down the scripture reference, and then go back throughout this week, begin to meditate on it, and allow it to come alive, to come alive to you. So last week we kind of ended the, uh, our time together by uh, talking about this uh, statue here, as my dad calls the Jack Nicklaus icon, great golfer, uh, but how we talked of how there's uh, 10 conversations you see through Proverbs 1 through 9, that's to a father, to a son. And I said, anytime I think of my dad or I think of uh, just wisdom in general, this has always been a picture that's come to me because this has sat at the mantle of our fireplace for many years. So as, as you can see, as I was sharing with you, the father is instructing his son, but all the son is just feeling the warmth of his father's embrace. And that's how he's with us this morning, that when the father tells us hard truth or confronts things in our lives, it's always good to have a picture in your head of how he really is and how he's full of mercy and kindness, and loving, um, and how he speaks to us. And so I want to go through some points and then give you some scripture of what wisdom is saying. And, and the title of the message tonight is The Way of the Wise. That we want to walk in the way of the wise, not in the way of the fool. We talked of last week, there's different types of people that Proverbs bring, it brings out. From the mocker, to the scorner, to the simple person and the fool and the wise. And out of all those, we want to be like the wise. Uh, rumor has it that the bots and the bakers, you guys are going to be heading to Indianapolis to change and throw your Bengals jerseys down and pick up some Colts jerseys. That's wise. Two, year, two losses already this year. So uh, we might have to jump on that bandwagon with y'all. Yeah, Delachay's Pittsburgh fan. That's, I don't know how wise that is. But... If Antrell's husband, Woody, was here, he would say that is wise. So you can tell him, you can team up with him. But the first really point of, of thought and topic I want to look at tonight is, and Timmy, you should have these points uh, back there with you. You can put out so you can write them down. But number one, simple but true, is wise people listen to wise instruction, especially the word of God. I'm going to look at two scriptures really quick give you a chance to write those down, but Mark 4.24 says, this is Jesus talking, he says, pay, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive even more. So we see Mark 4.24, it says, pay close attention to what you hear. You look at Jesus talking again in Luke 8.18, you see something very similar, he says, he says, so pay attention to how you hear. So what you hear, and he's saying how you hear. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what they think they understand will be taken away from them. So write that down. It's what you hear and it's how you hear. I love this too. In Proverbs 23, 23, it says, get the truth and never sell it. 
Also get wisdom, discipline, and good judgment. At the end of the day, it costs us something to acquire wisdom in our lives. It costs us something to acquire wisdom. How do I know that? Simply by acquiring knowledge or spending time in university. Every month I'm reminded as my student loans get paid for how much it costs to acquire some wisdom. Anybody else can say amen to that. So there is a cost to acquiring wisdom. And this is truth, true of biblical wisdom. It costs you something or some sort of sacrifice in our life to embrace the cross. It costs us something to sell out for God. So it says, get the truth and never sell it. Look what 1 Corinthians 8.1 says. It says, and this is talking of the difference between as we get wisdom. It says, but while knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. In other words, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. So anytime we're going after knowledge or we're going after wisdom, you can never put love on the shelf and just completely just try to embrace knowledge and just build yourself up. I want to be analytical. I want to know the Bible inside and out. I want to read it every once a year or once every six months to be able to quote scriptures. That's great and that's well, but if it's not done in love, then there's usually no manifestation of it or you don't see the bearing of the fruits of the Spirit in it. So it's so much more than just getting knowledge wisdom is because knowledge puffs up, but love always builds up, as Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians 8.1. Proverbs 4.23. See, I'm coming right out the block, and I'm just hitting you all with Scripture. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. One of the biggest things, Brother Gary's here, that I remember he preached on at the youth group was garbage in, garbage out. Whatever you listen to or whatever you watch or whatever you put yourself around, relationships or whatever, However that is, whether good or bad, whatever goes into you usually goes out of you. And so it's always, wisdom always says of take caution. What, is, what are you allowing yourself to feed on or how, what are you watching, listening to? Because what goes in always goes out of you. Our second point, and we hit on this last week, is wise people fear the Lord. I want to give you, I'm just going to go real quickly through scripture so you can really get this on the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 14, 27 says that the fear of the Lord is a life-giving fountain. It offers escape from the snare of death. Don't you love that? It says it's a life-giving fountain. So when we respect God and his ways, when we understand he's the master, I'm the servant, he's creator, I'm creation, and we allow God to take rightful authority in our life, then it's like a fountain from heaven is given to us to drink from. Fear of the Lord brings that into our life. Proverbs 19.23, fear of the Lord leads to life, brings security and protection from harm. When you fear God, there is a protection and there's a security that comes. Proverbs 10.27, fear of the Lord lengthens one's life. When I read that, if there's any Israel New Breed fans here, there's a song that he did way back that says, with long life, you will satisfy me. And it's a psalm, a psalms that he did. But I love it because it says, when you fear God and walk in the way of wisdom, there's, you're going to make good decisions that should lead to long life. So if you want a song that you can jam to with that scripture, 
or Bree can sing it, should lead you to a place to, to get that in your spirit. When it's all said and done, when you fear the Lord, you keep your priorities straight. That's what it does. You keep the main thing the main thing. Our third point is wise people associate with wise people. When you say that's true, wise people associate with wise people. It's important who you hang out with. Parents say all the time, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Show me your friends and I'll, I'll tell you a lot about who you are. Proverbs 13, 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. It says it all right there. That's what's neat about church. When we come together, especially on a Wednesday night, like I said, you guys are the serious Christians on Wednesdays, is when you walk with the wise, you become wise. There's a lot of wisdom sitting here tonight. And when we're doing life together with those in the church and we're having meals together and Bible studies together, we're worshiping together, guess what? You're walking with people of a like heart and a like mind. And there's life-giving conversations that can happen. I was just having uh, a conversation with uh, Marilena, and she, we were talking about her Bible, and she was looking at it and telling me about our Bible, and we looked at the date on it, but it was given to her from in 1978, so almost 40 years now. So there's a lot of wisdom over those 40 years that that Bible has imparted into your life, and that you've even been able to impart into your kids and to your family and to all those around you. So that's what's neat as well, is when you walk with the wise or when you keep wisdom close to you, when you associate yourself, it's amazing how it keeps you out of trouble. So wise people associate with wise people. Marilena, I'm hanging out with you, okay? <laughs> Proverbs 12, 26 says, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. There's nothing wrong with being strategic of how you choose the relationships in your life. There's nothing wrong of being strategic of who am I going to allow around my kids. Or who, who are me and, and my husband or me and my wife, who are we going to get close to? Because whether we see it or not, those relationships either impart good into our life or they impart destruction into our life. You know, I was thinking of an awesome way to have wisdom around you. Just isn't the the face-to-face conversations we can have now. But there's something amazing when you can pick up a book from way back when or an autobiography about someone who was sold out for the cause of Christ or or the wisdom of the early church fathers. That's wisdom that you can open and really get poured into your life. You're connecting with that person and they're long gone centuries ago even. So it's neat when you can, uh, that's how the Bible is as well. You're getting wisdom from Paul over thousands of years ago. So it's neat how you can associate yourself even with people that aren't here and how you can gain wisdom from them. We do it all the time over holidays. You, sit, you share stories of great grandpa or great grandma and maybe a wise saying they had or all these type of things. Guess what? That wisdom has carried down from generation to generation. It's neat how all of that can work, that it's so much more than what's in flesh and blood right here. But it's amazing when you can get into a book and open, someone's life can open up before you. Our next point is wise people flee from sin. Let's all just say that together. Wise people 
Flee from sin. I was thinking of Joseph and Potiphar's wife. You know the story when Potiphar's wife was trying to pull Joseph in and to seduce him and Scripture says to get him to lay with him. And when uh, Joseph encountered that, what it say? He just, he didn't even give it the time of day. And this is how we're to view sin. And this is, as a child, when I would read this is, okay, I want to be like Joseph. When sin or temptation tries to lure you in or to flirt with you, I want to be like Joseph. And I don't even want to care that my garment is left, but I just want to get as far away from it as possible. So wisdom always says to flee from sin. I was also thinking about how when we're self-confident and we think that we can just handle it. You look at those that were self-confident in the Bible. Samson was a man who was self-confident. But because of his pride, because of his self-confidence, where did it ultimately lead him as a prisoner? Peter was very self-confident, one of the apostles. So self-confident that at, his finest, at Christ's finest hour, he denied him three times. Here's a proverb for you. Proverbs 8.13 says, To fear the Lord is to hate evil. It says, I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. So when we fear God, we hate evil. We hate the ways of the devil. We understand we're on mission and we're on purpose to destroy the works of the devil in our lives. Our next point is wise people discipline their speech. Now, I could really preach on this. We, again, as it's, not, as it's nothing wrong with being strategic of thinking about the relationships that are in your life, the same goes with our speech. To, all, to have a filter, to think what comes out of my mouth before it leaves. Because we've all been at that place when we've said something and we literally picture the word coming out of our mouth and we just want to grab it and pull it back. So wise people, we... We understand to discipline our speech. And Proverbs is full of talking about the tongue and what the tongue of a fool looks like and what the tongue of someone wise looks like. Proverbs 10.19 says that sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongue. Other words, sin is not ended by gossip. When you we're always just talking or all these different things. You know, I was thinking when, this is just a truth, but when someone comes up to you, you're just minding your own business, you're doing a, your own thing, and someone frustrated comes up to you and just starts talking about somebody. You're just kind of sitting there listening. Usually what's going through all of our heads is, okay, if this person is talking about that person, then are they talking about me? And so even when I think, okay, I don't want to talk about this person because then that person's going to think I'm talking about that person. So there's wisdom in not gossiping. There's wisdom in holding your speech. It says those that are wise or those that are prudent hold their tongues. Let's look at Ephesians 5. 1 through 7, I want to read this and then pull out verse 4. It says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. Because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. That's what I love about this. He wants to follow the example of his father to have the best golf swing that he can have. The same is with us as we should follow the example of Christ. He loved us. He offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. When you're obedient, that is the greatest form of worship 
that is a pleasing aroma to God. So when you're in a corner or you're in a tough situation, always think that, man, when I'm obedient or I want to lash out on this person or I want to talk about this person so bad, I'm going to be obedient, be prudent, hold my tongue. That form of obedience, you should see a sweet aroma lift up off of you and touch the heart of God because you worshiped him through being wise. Verse 3 says, Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Here's where it talks about the tongue. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. <clears throat> if you've ever worked around construction, that scripture needs to be preached about every day. <laughs> you know, it's amazing how and I, when being in a, a public high school and some of the friends I would be around, it's like every, like this was their motto, where I just want to one-up and go with the worst joke. Like everyone's just trying to one-up each other to get the dirtiest joke out there. And so scripture's saying, stay away from obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. I can even remember sometimes I was known as that Christian kid in high school that when Garrett walked up to the circle and just, yeah, well, you know what's going up, guys, and everyone would say, okay, we got to stop talking now. It wasn't fun feeling that way. But guess what? It was a pleasing aroma to God. And that's for all of you in your workplace, in your families. When you choose to step out and just be different or allow the Holy Spirit just to transform you in everything you do, a natural transformation just happens. It's not like I was thinking, I don't want to do the, talk about this joke. I want to do these things. I was just trying to be myself and honor God and what his word said. And naturally, your life begins to transform. It's awesome. But it says instead, let there be thankfulness to God. And then it goes on to say, you can be sure that no immoral, no impure or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God. The next couple weeks, I really want to hone in on what work and working diligently looks like. In the following week, I want to look at money and greed and what Proverbs says about those as well. As it goes on to say, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Six, it says, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. It says it plain at the end here, don't participate in the things these people do. Don't participate in it. Our next point is wise people are diligent in their work. just want to give you a taste of it, give you a little cliffhanger because you're going to be so excited to come back next week and hear about work. Amen, brother? Amen. So Proverbs 10, 4 through 5 says, lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. You want the a get rich quote here? Work hard. Scripture says, when you work hard, you will be blessed. You will get rich. But lazy people are soon poor. A wise youth harvests in the summer, but the one who sleeps during harvest is a disgrace. You know, there's nothing worse. I heard a, a leadership quote, and it said that an organization or a family or a workplace is never held back by lack of opportunity, but held back by a leader that's in that place. Some of us have bosses where maybe we can relate to that or understand that. But opportunity is always there. You know, one of the hardest working guys I know is Kenny Baker. 
get rich, right? No, that's what scripture says. But sometimes when we're back talking before church, we say, man, I'd rather be working a lot than not working at all. I mean, that's something that's stuck with me. That maybe there's times when, when I'm feeling tired, I feel like I'm working. That quote has come into my head several times. That, man, I'd rather be working hard. Or I'd rather be working a lot than not working at all. Work is a blessing. And when we can get our minds fully around, and I believe as we pull out the Proverbs of hard work and what work is and how there's a calling in our work, I believe something is going to release in our lives that we're not going to see our jobs as a burden or we're not going to see the eight to five or the third shift as a burden. But okay, God, you have put me here. As Pam led us in that, we're going to trust you as we've trust you before that you're in moving in our lives and this is, you've put me in this place and I'm going to trust you through this season. Because third shift isn't easy. Amen. It takes a lot of trust to trust God through a third shift. And so we're going to look at diligence and how laziness are key topics. They're, honestly, those two topics are key topics in the book of Proverbs. And I wrote this down that as I was reading, that's reminding myself that Solomon makes it clear that there is nothing. Like I couldn't find anything Solomon said in the book of Proverbs that was good about careless and lazy people. Definitely doesn't encourage it. I also wrote down that wise people are working people people who make the most of their opportunities. And so wise people, they make the most of what God has put in them. They maximize what God is giving them. If I've seen anything, if God's given me an opportunity or something that I feel is just small, maybe I'm believing for more, I'm going to take what he's put in my hand and I'm going to maximize it. And watch as God moves in the midst of that. Our last point here is wise people seek to influence others to trust the Lord. Proverbs 11.30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. I was talking with uh, KK earlier, or Camilla, and if you just wave your hand at us, if you don't know her, uh, she's right there. But last week, we, uh, you might have, uh, we introduced you to a new couple that's been coming, Harper and Jessica. They were sitting over here. But it's so cool because Camilla was telling me that she was at Kroger one day and God just laid on her heart to go to this couple she saw and invite them to church. Well, that following Sunday, they showed up to church and they were here on Wednesday. Me and Bree have been talking with them. They're like, hey, we can't make it to church. We got this crazy cough and we want to spare the congregation, but we'll see you Sunday. Um, but how it's neat that how God was just working in KK. She was just going to the grocery store working after work, normal as we all are. But God, she felt God put her on, hey, go and talk to them or uh, go and invite them. And so out of obedience, she went and did that and look at the fruit that came because of that. And so as the proverb says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he who wins souls is wise. In reaching people and reaching family and reaching those in our workplace, if we're a tree of life, then fruit should be coming off of our tree. So when we're allowing wisdom to have its place in our life, in the spirit, there should be fruit hanging up off of you. And people should see that fruit as they saw in Camilla's life. And guess what? She offered them a piece of fruit. The Holy Spirit did what he does best. And we saw them here at church on Sunday and God working in their lives. I always say it's amazing when you can just step back 
and see God at work. Until wise people seek to influence others to trust the Lord. Uh, I was looking into that a little deeper and it said that to win souls is also translated is to capture. And it's in the context of a hunter capturing his prey. And so another form of that is wise people seek to capture the ignorant and disobedient by sharing God's truth. So parents, there's nothing wrong if you've got to go to your child who's ignorant or disobedient and capture them and allow the discipline of the Lord in sharing God's truth. A lot of sharing God's truth in our home was a little bit of this right here. But it worked. Proverbs 3, 5. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy of fools. What did we share of on Sunday? To taste glory, we have to taste suffering. The path of wisdom is not easy. It is a narrow road. But when we do, that's the path of suffering where we can taste glory. So the wise shall inherit glory. That is an inheritance for all of us. But the legacy of a fool is shame. And I want to leave you with this. And Pam, if you come. Proverbs 12, 18. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. When you have wisdom in you, when that's flowing through you, healing will come out of your mouth. When you speak wisdom, healing goes forth. And so there's going to be, in the few moments that we have together, I want to have some questions. And I want you just to take a few minutes to personally reflect as kind of the scripture has come forth and just to wrestle with some of these, thi these things. Maybe take your Bible and look at a note and go back and just read a proverb a few times here. But I want the truth and the wisdom of God to confront our lives. But in the way of when this boy here has a bad swing, the father says, hey, tr try it this way. That's what the wisdom in the word of God is saying. Hey, maybe you've been trying all the wrong way. You've had the right heart, but you've tried it the wrong way. Allow wisdom to show you the path to tap into the inheritance that God has for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your wisdom. God, our heart is to be wise. Allow that wisdom to touch our mind, to touch our heart, to touch our tongue, to touch our ears. Father, that we would think before we act, that we would have common sense. Wisdom in Proverbs is full of common sense. Father, I pray that these things would be deposited into our lives and what wisdom is by nature, who you are and who you revealed because wisdom all points to you, to Jesus Christ. We can receive that through grace. So fathers, we just take a moment and we reflect and we look at some of these questions. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you'll speak to us. Your truth will light the way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So if you just want to take a second, Timmy, if you want to throw one of our questions up. Our first one says, how do we show our fear of God in our everyday choices? 
So just think through that. Maybe write some things down or you can, if you don't have anything, just take a second and think about that. Is understanding fear of God, how can we see that play out in our everyday choices from when we hit the snooze button to when we wake up and then when we go to bed? All that's in between there. How can the fear of God, how can we invite that into our everyday lives? Just take a minute and think about that.